Hey guys, this is Anna. So today we're going to try something a little bit different um, with the news that is. So normally, you know, I just like take an article, I'd read through it, you know, and kind of comment on it on, you know, the way through. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, at least we're going to try not doing that anymore, see how that goes. Um, the reason being is that I just find myself, when I go through those articles, just like read through them, I just find myself getting way too angry, and that has just really been a major contributor the last few weeks, my mental health just completely declining and just feeling angry all the time and all that stuff, you know, so... When I go for the news, we're going to try, you know, not just sitting here and just, like, reading through the article, you know. Um, you'll kind of see what I mean, you know. Um, we're still going to have news. It's just going to be kind of different. And so we're going to see how that kind of goes. Anyway, yeah, so a lot has definitely happened um, last uh, few days and week. Lil Nas X became... <laughs> Oh my gosh, the Lil Nas X thing. It's it, it's amazing, my friends. It's amazing. Um I can't, I can't say I'm surprised that the conservative right is offended over it. I mean, considering that, you know, these are the same idiots who were actually offended by doctors, you know, six Dr. Seuss books that nobody had ever heard of being pulled from publishing because how racist they are by his own estate, you know, um, which is, you know, just the free market. But, you know, um, apparently, you know, there are situations where even, you know, these just, you know, capitalist bootlickers um, don't like the free market, apparently, you know. Um, more Slightly more seriously, my response to anyone who is upset over that. Um, as a socialist, I would say, uh, oh, so you agree that the free market sucks. Okay, cool. Let's talk. So yeah, you know, um, you know, I don't think the free market sucks because of Dr. Seuss, you know, but you know what I mean. Anyway, um, yeah, see, so, you know, then they got offended over Potato Head, which was just so embarrassing. Like, I am literally embarrassed for the people who got offended over Potato Head. That was so dumb. Like, oh my gosh, really? You're going to throw a fucking hissy fit because they changed the name from Mr. Potato Head to Potato Head? Oh no, Western civilization is collapsing. Oh no, the ch the children. Think of the children, you know. Um, yeah, uh, so horrible. Oh my gosh, it's so dumb, so dumb. Um, but yeah, you know, now we're offended over Lil Nas X because in a in his newest music video, he gave Satan a lap dance and he's selling quote unquote Satan shoes. I'm sorry, but if you're offended. Grow the fuck up already. There is literally no reason to be offended over any of this. Okay? If anyone should be offended over any of this, it should be God. And I'm just saying, um, God's kind of a big boy, you know? Uh, I, 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 I think he can handle this himself. I don't think he needs you to be getting offended for him. Like, it, it really amazes me just how easily butthurt um, mostly Christian conservatives get whenever somebody says, you know, something insulting towards God, you know, like, I'm just trying to think of something I heard an atheist say, yeah, you know, um, I can kick God's ass, you know, um, fuck God, you know, God sucks, you know, um, go to hell, God, you know, stuff like that, you know, somebody says that, you know, probably an atheist, let's be honest, 
so many Christian conservatives just like lose their ever loving minds. Like, you know, uh, Richard Dawkins. Oh my gosh, the stuff that he said about God and just hearing like the offense I've seen that Christian conservatives have over Richard Dawkins' statements on God, you know, and how evil God is, you know, and stuff like that. Um, like, why are you getting offended? Like, I don't get it. I don't get why any human is offended by what he's saying. He's he's attacking God. He's not attacking you unless you, you know, unless you're claiming to be God. And if that's the case, uh, kind of, kind of, probably got a bit of a heresy problem on our hands. Like, it just never ceases to amaze me how people will just, like, people get offended over things that are, that should only be offending God if it offends anybody, you know? It, it never ceases to amaze me. Like, what that tells me is that you basically see yourself as God. Because, I'm sorry, there's literally no other reason to be getting offended over this kind of shit, you know? I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like, forgetting, for, 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 for losing their fucking minds, you know? Oh no, how dare you, know? You, 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 you get the devil on a lap dance in a music video. Oh no, how horrible. Yeah, who cares? Who the fuck cares? If he wants to get the devil a lap dance in a music video, let him get the devil a lap dance in a music video. Who cares, okay? Is this seriously an actual issue that's worth giving any time to, like, seriously? Like, you really think that this is a serious issue that we should be spending our time talking about? Really? Really? Yeah, you know, when there's, um, you know, brown kids being locked in cages... On the American border, um, there's, you know, we, there's Uyghurs being, you know, enslaved, in, you know, in China. You know, there's a genocide going against them, on against them. Um, in Myanmar, you know, there's a coup, you know, military um, coup going on. Um, where for completely taking away all of um, their rights, you know, the citizens' rights. Um, let's see. There's a genocide going on in Yemen. Um, let me think here. Um, a war going on in Syria. Um, let's see. A climate crisis. Um, you know. Um, yeah, you know. It, it, there's a lot of things that are going on, you know. You know, a global pandemic raging, you know. Um a drug war waging here in America, you know, that's for the way who, whose sole purpose is to incarcerate as many black people as possible for the purpose of, you know, keeping them in the black population in check, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, there's actual issues, you know, that actually impact actual people's lives. Why don't we, you know, focus on those? Like j just saying, you know, these, Actual issues, you know, people's lives are being ruined right now from those. Or how about this, you know, um, Lil Nas X, what did he say on Twitter? You know, the reason he did this was kind of to screw you because, you know, he'd been told his entire life that because he was gay, you know, um, he was going to go to hell. That ruins people's lives. Being told that because you were born a certain way, you're going to hell. That ruins people's lives, you know, like. That's destructive. Like, first off, there's just no basis in reality for any of that teaching. God does not hate LGBT people. There is no passage in scripture that is anti-LGBT. I'm sorry, not even one. There is no anti-gay verse, no anti-trans verse, no anti-bisexual, no anti-asexual, no, no, no anti-whatever. 
Okay, the Bible is not anti-LGBT. And if you dare say Sodom, I will theologically slap you. Sodom's sin was inhospitality and rape. Not being gay. Okay, like, I'm sorry, people. You gotta stop this stupid-ass notion that the Bible is anti-gay and all this stuff. It's not. It's straight up not. Anyway, yeah, so, like, that's actually destructive, telling kids, because, like, I did walk away from the faith at a point. Like, I'm not gonna lie. There was a point when I genuinely did walk away from the faith because just how prevalent the message was that because I was trans, God hated me and I was going to hell. So I did walk away from the faith for a while. It wasn't until I found a um, trans theologian, Austin Hartke, who on YouTube goes by Austin Lionheart, who created a series, Transgender and Christian. You know, his YouTube content about how trans people are still Christian, can still be Christian, brought me back to the faith. You know? It's so destructive. It is, it's just so evil. Like, like, how dare you just tell it, like, just because Sonny is different. Like, who are you to condemn them? Like, who are you to tell them whatever spiritual state is? And, you know, like, who are you to tell them that their life style is acceptable or not? Just because, like, it's different than yours. Like, it's so evil. It's so disgusting. I, oh, gosh. I, I just can't. I, I just can't. It's it, it's evil. It's disgusting to tell a gay kid, yeah, you're going to hell just because you were born in a way, you know, if it's different than me. It's just so evil. It is so evil. You know, and honestly, I think the best, um, the best response to all of this that I've seen was from this guy, um, let me find it now. Um, his name was his name on Twitter is Jeff Kasanoff. So he said, "Love seeing Christians be like, I can't believe LGBTQ teens are worshiping Satan instead of our nice God who hates them." Exactly, you know, Christian conservatives go here and like, like, yeah, God hates you. God hates you. You're different. God hates you. You're going to hell. And then they wonder why the fuck none of these people are Christian. In fact, I generally hate Christians. Yeah, gee, wonder why. It's a Scooby-Doo mystery. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's abhorrent. Just just abhorrent. Anyway, yeah, so the, 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 I don't want to spend any more time talking about the little Nas X thing. I do have a video coming out on my YouTube channel tomorrow about it. Um, you know, I will leave a link to my YouTube channel in the description. Um, unless you're listening to this on YouTube, but anyway, um, so yeah, you know, there, there is other news going on, news, you know, actual news that's worth talking about, um, such as, you know, in Arkansas, they have decided that LGBT people's lives are not worth living, you see, um, they have now said that, um, emergency medical personnel are now allowed to not help LGBT people. If we're in a medical emergency. So yeah, you know, if you're an ambulance, you know, and there's a uh, LGBT person bleeding to death, you know, you can say, no, you're LGBT. Therefore, I'm not going to take you in the ambulance to the hospital. Uh, if you do get taken to the hospital, the hospital can say, you're, you're gay. Therefore, we will not, you know, um, stop your bleeding. You may go ahead. Please die. Like, they can literally do that now. 
they now had the full right to do this in Arkansas. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. And guess what? I am going to say this many, many more times. They just want us to suffer. That's all they want. They just want us to suffer. They do not care about your life. They see you as subhuman. They think that you are abhorrent. They think that you are, basically, you, they see you as lower than a pedophile, especially if you're trans, okay? Trans people, in the eyes of the average Christian conservative, especially Trump supporter, see trans people as the lowest of low. And I'm not just making that up. There have been studies, there are people who have asked thousands, and I mean thousands, of Christian conservatives or just conservatives in general, who, you know, what they think of trans people, you know, who they think are the worst in society, like, it's always trans people, and they always say trans people should be killed. I can't wait to kill trans people. Trans people are subhuman. And won't it be such a glorious day when we get to wipe out all the trans people? Okay, this is something that's been well documented for a long time now. Okay, they, this is what they want. They want us to die. There is literally no other reason to do this other than they hope that this decreases the LGBT population and hope that, you know, this forces, uh, uh, you know, our LGBT people back in the closet. Okay, this is pure evil. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's just what it is. You know, and then in um, South Dakota, I think it was last week when we talked about it, and I told you that the reason that, and, and at the time, the reason they didn't, so basically the South Dakota governor was given a bill, you know, to sign into law, you know, to ban trans athletes. She didn't do it. And the reason they didn't do it at the time was because the NCAA was going to economically boycott them. Well, they decided they don't give a shit about the money anymore. And we decided that they now only care about making trans people suffer. Because she decided to sign it. Um, and yeah, okay, she didn't sign that bill. She signed an executive order. So she signed something different. Like, she did her own executive order on it. Um, to say to screw over trans people. And her justification for it, only girls should play in girls sports. Rather interesting statement there, considering that trans girls are girls. You know, so I don't understand what the fuck you're trying to get at. Um, but yeah, you know, they just want you to suffer. They, they don't want you to have, you know, because like exercise is important for everyone. What her saying is you are so subhuman. You don't even deserve to get exercise. We don't we don't believe that you're even worthy of getting exercise. That's how low we think of you. That's what they're saying. That's what and all of these anti-trans bills are saying. Make no mistake about it, my friends. Okay, so here's the thing. I know that it seems dark right now. Okay, like there is so much going on, you know. Um, we are winning, my friends. But just remember, we are winning. It is dark right now, especially, you know, in the states where they've tra passed anti-trans bills, you know. I think for now, Arkansas, Tennessee, Missouri, and South Dakota. I think those are the four states that have banned trans athletes. You know, then there's Arkansas, you know, trying to ban adults from transitioning. You know, there's Arkansas that has said that, you know, trans people should die, bleed to death, you know, and all that stuff, you know. 
for not worthy of getting medical care. I know it seems dark. And guess what? Yeah, it's, it is. Because what these states are doing is pure evil. But first off, remember, it, it, what, what, when was it? Monday or last week or something? You know, when I shared those polls. That the majority of conservatives even are now on support of LGBT rights. Okay? You know, um, so that's one thing, you know, this is basically, you know, a lot of these governments last chance efforts, you know, to fuck over the LGBT community for as long as possible before, you know, they, they can't do this shit anymore. Like they're going full rush mode to fuck us over before they straight up can't really anymore. Because they know that tides of the you know public perception is turning against transphobia it's turning against homophobia you know they're learning this they they know this and so they've got to fuck us over as much and as quickly as possible and second god hates oppression Okay, like I and I got, and and you know I actually made a video a few weeks ago on my YouTube channel about how God hates oppression, and not only that, like the whole point of the gospel is liberation. And I will leave a link in the description to that video. Um, but yeah, I mean seriously, the whole point of the gospel is liberation. God abhors oppression. I mean, just think in Isaiah, you know, why did God judge Israel? Because they were. Because they were oppressing people. They were oppressing what they considered to be the lowest in society, the widows, um, the orphan, the eunuchs. I mean, they they were literally making laws for the sole purpose of just oppressing these groups of people. And to empower, you know, those who already had power. You know? I mean... I mean, just study, like, laws they had for, against eunuchs back in the day. I mean, Isaiah, you know, in there, they actually go out of her way to give reassurances to eunuchs, you know, about how, you know, someday things are going to be better, you know, and you're going to have these freedoms, you know. I mean, things were dark for these groups. Like, so dark that he literally had to have the prophet Isaiah give him reassurances that things are going to be okay. Like, yeah, I know things are really dark right now, but guess what? God promises you this. These amazing things that we just can't even, that you just can't even imagine. And God punished Israel for this kind of oppression. This oppression, it was so hard and them. That they had to give reassurances. That they had to sit there and try to comfort these groups. That they were oppressing. And that was God's chosen people. Israel. I hate to break it to you. I know that some, there are some idiots out there who believe that America is God's chosen people. Um, I hate to break it to you. America is not God's chosen people, you know. Um, it's was and always will be Israel, you know, um, the Jews are God's children, you know, um, God doesn't have any special love for America. I'm sorry to break that to you. Uh, I don't know how to, how egotistically you must be to actually believe that bullshit, but, um, 
God is only going to judge us even much harder than he judged Israel. And I don't want to be here to see it, my friends. Um, just look at the way that we oppress just about any damn minority. Look at how we treat Muslims, okay? Just look at it. Um, we have mainstream writers on Charisma News. Okay, Charisma News is one of the biggest Christian publications out there. Whatever right one of our writers back right back in 2014. At the very minimum, we should sterilize all Muslims. At the very minimum, what we should do is sterilize Muslims. Friends, that's genocide. That's literally genocide. <laughs> And this was a Christian writer on Charisma News, one of the largest Christian publications out there. Yeah. And and we just straight up treat Muslims horribly in society. You know, um, how about people of color, you know, drug war? We, I already talked about that a little bit, you know. Uh, you know, keeping kids in bait cages at the border, you know. Horrible, this awful, evil immigration laws, you know, that are completely broken and screw over Im every immigrant, pretty much, um, you know, for completely unfair and broken. You know, we look at how we treat Asian people right now in the age of COVID. Oh my gosh, the rise of, you know, anti-Asian hate crimes. LGBT people, like all the laws that we're coming up with just to oppress um, LGBT people for no reason other than that we're different and therefore icky and therefore bad, you know. Um, trying to think what else. Disabled people. Have you ever looked into laws about disabled people? They're fucked up. I mean, oh my gosh. Like, did you know, like, disabled people really can't get married unless, you know, unless they want to, you know... Be even poorly, like, have no money ever. <laughs> like, I, I have no other way to putting it. Like, if they get married, they give up, like, all their financial assistance and all that shit. Like, it's, like, it's already hard being a disabled person. Like, I can't even imagine how hard it must be to be a disabled person just, you know, being disabled. But the laws about being disabled, you know, and, like, when you get benefits and all this, oh my god, it's fucked up. It is fucked up, my friends. Just look into these laws. It's awful. I mean, it's just awful. It's, yeah, in fact, I would honestly go as far as say it's evil. You, you, basically, you have your choice between, you know, living an actual life or, you know, not living a complete total squalor. And even unless you're honest, we're still pretty poor. You know, it's not like we're, you know, living on the high horse, you know. Like, no, we're still pretty fucking poor. I mean, disabled people generally, you know, I'm just saying, generally aren't rolling in the dough. Um, you know, put it that way. Put it lightly. And if they decide to live any kind of life, oh, we're going to take away all the government assistance now. So you can live in squalor. Guys, you're not human, basically. Let's be honest. That's probably, like, I, I have no other, like, what's the justification for this shit? I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, I don't get it. Why would you take away all of our fucking government assistance just because they decided to get married? Because for the crime of getting married, like, I don't get it. 
like there's literally no reason to do it other than you just don't see them as fully human needing assistance like what other group do you take away assistance from just because they get married like it's just a middle finger. I mean, that's literally all it is. It's a middle finger to disabled people. It is disgusting. It is disgusting. Um, and like we oppress all these groups that are basically, you know, minority groups. Like God is not going to be kind. God is going to come on. He is going to pour out his wrath on these people. Okay. Just keep that in mind. You know, like I, like, if you were feeling really depressed over this, just try to keep that in mind. The Lord, the Lord will repay them for what they have done. He will repay, repay all these oppressors for their evil. God does not take kindly to oppression. Their day of judgment is coming. He, yeah, he is not going to be kind to these people who seek out to make these laws that oppress minorities, including trans people. It will not be a good day for these people whenever that judgment comes, whether it's in this life or the next. It's not going to be a good day for them. Anywho, um, let's move on to slightly more positive news. So in Germany, um, trans and intersex police officers are now allowed to freely serve so yeah you know in germany you know for a long time they advertised you know police officers can be trans and intersex but in reality they couldn't eat me it was just it was literally false advertising thanks to this um, regulation pdv 300 um which was used to keep trans and intersex people out of the workplace um you know it was basically a large list of exclusions, and those exclusions were used to discriminate against trans and intersex people. Well, guess what? You know, they have finally been rolled back. Several trans activists, um, one of them who is a police officer, one of them who wanted to be a police officer, um, they have been working for a few years now, and they finally, I believe they got... Um, the German parliament to finally roll back that regulation. And so if you live in Germany and you want to be a police officer and you are intersex or trans, you can now serve as a police officer in Germany. So good news there. And now especially intersex, you know, effectively added intersex to that reform because it is so darn often when intersex just gets left out. I mean, Intersex erasure is completely real, okay? Like, we really need to start adding intersex people more often into these reforms, especially, like, trans reforms, you know? I mean, it's really just important just how we completely overlook intersex um, issues, you know? Like, just saying, you know, something I feel like we probably should talk a bit more about is, you know, maybe just... Maybe um, intersex people should get to choose what genitals they have and what ones they get rid of, you know, instead of for parents at birth, you know, just just saying maybe maybe intersex people should have control over their own bodies, you know, that, that seems like something that would be good, um, you know, um, stuff like that. I, I can't think of other issues off the top of my head, to be honest, Um I definitely need to do a bit more research. Um, 
But yeah, you know, it's definitely probably, I think, the big one that I know of. And I, you know, but like, it's good to see intersex uh, people get added to this kind of reform for once, you know. Um, we definitely need to see more of that. And then the other um, really good news I saw was from uh, Pink News said that there was some uh, ad firm um, where they um, were doing studies on, you know, views of gender, you know. And they found that fifty that more than fifty percent of uh, millennials and Gen Zers believe that the gender binary is outdated. So yeah, it was um. Let's see. Well, let me bring up the article. Um. Okay, yeah. Uh, fifty percent of Gen Zers and fifty-six percent of millennials think the gender binary is outdated. Um. Let's see. Uh, vendors and you know, so that's that that's a good thing to hear. I wish the number was a lot higher, but you know, that's a good start. You know, the gender binary needs to be destroyed. Gender is fluid, and there are about as many genders as there are people. It's time that we start, you know, actually living, you know, people start, you know, actually recognizing that fact. You know, um, yeah, the gender binary is just a disgusting, evil concept, really. Um, and if you have actually studied um, the history of gender and also, you know, capitalism even, you would know that it's actually pretty intertwined with capitalism. Like, our capitalist overlords really have a, you know, but they, they, they have a lot invested in keeping things, our society, highly gendered. Okay, like the gender binary really serves one and one thing only. The bourgeoisie. Okay, like it's just one of the many reasons why capitalism is just awful, just completely awful. Um, but yeah, you know, when one of the reasons why I am not a capitalist at all. Um, but yeah, so that so that's a good thing. And another interesting number that was in, okay, like it's not surprising one bit. In fact, I'm actually gonna be honest and kind of surprised that the male number is high as it is. But um, seventy three percent of cis female in um, cis female parents encouraged gender neutral play for for children, while for cis male parents, they only fifty nine percent encourage it. I'm actually kind of surprised that. Cis male numbers are that high, but yeah, there you go. That's good to hear. Anyway, so yeah, that's um that. And probably the last thing I wanted to mention, I completely forgot until now. Um, I I, I honestly just this moment remembered. Um, and I, I I just wanted to mention this. So um, just yesterday, news came out that studies came out were showing that for the first time ever. The majority of people do not go to church in America. 51% do not go to church in America. Yeah, now, of course, the right was losing their minds um, over this, you know. And you know what? I'm going to say good. Good. Okay, we have studies. And first off, number one. Christianity here in America is completely intertwined with the Republican Party. That is not a good thing. And that's honestly literally the biggest reason why people don't go to church anymore. Because people recognize that Republican politics are absolutely abhorrent. Because um, you see, most people aren't racist. Most people aren't LGBT phobic. Most people don't hate immigrants, you know, stuff like that, you know. 
most people are trying to be decent human beings. And when the church is so integrated with Republican politics, well, guess what? The church literally promotes abhorrent things like, you know, gay people shouldn't have the right to get married, you know, um, you know, I'm trying to think abortion should be criminalized, you know, um, things such as, you know, drugs should be criminalized and stuff like that, you know, we, we, we teach abhorrent things like that, you know, and Urban studies, you know, including from religious institutions like PRRI, you know, Public Research Religion Research Institution, I believe it's called. It's um, it is um, where they literally did the study. Literally, most if you're a racist, you're almost certainly a Christian. That that the majority of racists are Christians. I mean, just look at the Southern Baptist um, denomination. I mean, their own president, I believe, you know, the, the leader of that denomination literally came out a few weeks ago and said, yeah, neo-Confederates feel more at home here than people of color do. And this is the largest denomination in America. And we're fucking racist. <laughs> I mean, literally her own head admitted that, yeah, uh, we, we, we got a racism problem. Okay, people, I'm be honest. I'd rather people stay at home and not hear racism spewed from, you know, for fellow congregants and from the pulpit. You know, not hear QAnon conspiracies. Not hear anti-immigrant shit. Not hear, you know, how, you know, trans people are subhuman. Then them to hear that shit. So you know what? Good. Stay at home. For the love of God, stay at home. I haven't been to church since August, okay, my friends? I have not been to church since August. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly don't see this as a bad thing. I, I, because of how church is so intertwined with conservatism, especially the Republican Party, you know, it is a hotbed for racism. It is a hotbed for QAnon conspiracies. It is a hotbed for just bigotry of every kind. Good. Stay at home. People will be better off staying at home than going to church. That's where we are in this society. That it, it, This is not a society problem. This is strictly a church problem. Because... Unfortunately, conservatism and, you know, Christianity don't go hand in hand. In fact, conservatism is completely antithetical to everything that Christianity preaches. I'm just sorry. If you read the Bible and think that, you know, Jesus is some great conservative, you and I are reading complete, not only reading completely different Bibles, but we're serving a completely different Jesus. There is nothing conservative in the Bible about it. It is, in fact, the most progressive thing that was ever written and ever will be written. Like, I honestly don't know how to fuck anyone actually reads that. I'm like, yeah, this is conservative. Yeah, you know, um, uplifting oppressed minorities. So, so obviously conservative, you know. You know, a very common theme in the Bible is that, you know, and it's obviously so conservative, you know. Um, giving people free will, you know, and the choice to do whatever they want, even if it's destructive. Yeah, the, Conservatives allow that so much, you know. It's not like conservatives are actively taking away the right to choose things, even if they're destructive. <clears throat> um, you know, um, people, you know, um, oh, how about this? You know, back then, did, did you know that the biblical Jews recognized more than two genders? Yep. <laughs> Modern day conservatives don't like that. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, the Bible was um, pro-immigrant. Yeah, not, not conservative. 
Um, you know, um, the Bible talks about uplifting the poor and the homeless, you know. Definitely not conservative at all. Um, because conservatives hate poor and homeless people, you know. If you're poor and homeless, it's because you deserve it. Um, and if you, and you know, you just need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know. Um, yeah, you know, the Bible, you know, isn't anti-LGBT, you know. Conservatives like to pretend that it is, you know. Did early Christians were socialist. Conservatives like to pretend that Acts 2 isn't in the Bible or come up with stupid ass arguments, you know, for why it's not socialist or, you know, try to pretend that it was like some failed experiment or something like just ridiculousness. Um, but yeah, you know, the Bible is not conservative. Right? The Bible is anti-conservative. There is nothing in the Bible. Okay, because what is conservatism? Conservatism is preserving the status quo. The Bible is not interested in the status quo. In fact, the Bible is all about upending the status quo. The Bible is progressive, y'all. And so we've got to stop, you know, intertwining the Bible with, you know, with conservatism. Because that's what, because guess what? You can't have it both ways. You can't, you cannot preach conservatism and the Christianity. They do not go hand in hand, even remotely. Um... Like, by default, you're preaching something that's different from what the Bible actually teaches if you're preaching conservatism. And so, yeah, you know, um, so, yeah, I mean, people are just going to keep going, staying away from church as long as we keep pretending that conservatism is Christianity, which it's just straight up not. You know, this is a church problem, strictly a church problem. This has nothing to do with society other than society being smart enough to recognize that, you know, um, Christian conservatism is not the Bible, you know, and that they don't want anything to do with it because they actually want to try to be decent human beings, something that Christian conservatism doesn't allow you to be because to be it, you know, you've got to engage in fucking shit like um, anti-immigrant sentiments, stuff like that. You know, or even more innocuous sayings such as bootstrap mentality, you know. Um, but yeah, so yeah. People aren't going to go back to church until, you know, the church go is more on the left, you know, just saying. So if you really want people back in the pews, you know, maybe stop, um, you know preaching racism, you know. Oh, how about, you know, um, stop preaching marital rape. That's a, unfortunately, a serious problem in our churches, you know, promoting marital rape because, you know, women shouldn't have choice over their bodies, you know, um, shit like that. Um, yeah, you know, it's not going to be, people aren't going to go back to church until the Republican Party is no longer intertwined with Christianity. Anyway, that's really all I got for the news. Um, we're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to talk about why I don't like um, current church structure and a good news story. So yeah, we'll be back in about a minute and a half or so. All right, everybody, we are back. And so... We are going to do our, you know, good news story at the end of the podcast episode. But before then, there are a few things. Um, 
I'm going to be honest about something. One of the things I hate most about church is the structure of it. Okay, because like every darn church ever, they have everything like super scheduled, okay? Like I am going to tell you, just about every Protestant church's schedule ever, okay? So, you know, like, I mean, we'll just choose 930, okay? We'll just say that the church starts at 930. Many do, but, you know, whatever, you know, but a lot of them don't. But, you know, we'll just say 930. All right, so what happens? 930, you know, um, worship band comes up, you know. We start singing, if we do a few songs, you know, a few, you know, like three-minute songs. Then, you know, like either some announcer dude or the pastor comes up, <clears throat> makes a few announcements, you know, maybe we'll, like, ask for prayer requests, you know. Maybe they'll, you know, like, do, like, uh, oh, gosh, what is it called? Um, Tyvian, I believe. Okay, it's been too long since I've been to church, okay? I haven't been to a church since August of last year. I don't remember anything, okay? Um, but yeah, you know, like, Tyvian, you know, maybe they'll do that. Maybe they'll do another song or two. But, but you know, then they dive into the sermon, which is about 35 minutes long. Then, you know, maybe they'll end with another song or two, you know. Some do, some don't. Most of the ones I've attended end with another song or two, you know. And by that time, it's be like 10.45, 10.50. And then, you know, church service is done, you know. But all in all, you know, it's about an hour and a half, you know. First half an hour is like announcements of singing and about another half an hour of worship, you know. I mean, of preaching and then like a few songs to end it off. Like, that's how every damn service goes. I hate it. I, I absolutely do. It just feels so damn cynical and formulaic. Like, honestly, for me, it makes church a, uh, oh, God, a clock-watching exercise. Like, I just sit there and spend my time watching the damn clock. All right. So, yeah, this is probably the final song here, <clears throat> you know, and then, you know, about, Two minutes, so you know, they'll, they'll do announcements or something, you know. All right, this it's about, you know, 10.25. We got about maybe 10 to 15 minutes left of the sermon. Like, I hate that. Like, it honestly completely takes away from my experience, from my, you know, spiritual. Um, I, I, it's hard to explain. You know, like, I just find it hard to actually focus on God at all. When I know that everything is, like, really tightly, you know, timed, you know, that they really care, you know, about getting everybody out, you know, about an hour and a half so that everyone can, you know, during the football season, go watch football, you know, and during the rest of the year, you know, I don't know, whatever it is that they're going to do, you know. But, like, you know, if they just want to take too much of your time, you see, it's the uh, American church, like, you know, I would appreciate like, I'm not saying, like, what's it, like, I do not need a church service to be fucking four hours, okay? In fact, I'd probably, like, unless, like, it's, like, really getting you in the spirit, you know? For me, I, admittedly, I'd be kind of, uh, getting a bit bored. What I just hate is how tight everything is. Like, all right, you know, you gotta start the sermon 30 minutes in, you know, and the sermon's gotta be about 35 minutes long. Who says?
Who says? Like, for me, it just turns into a clock-watching exercise to make sure that everything is actually going according to plan, rather than actually, you know, worshipping God while you're singing, or, you know, actually learning something about him and his word while the pastor is preaching, because the entire time you're just like, all right, you know, the sermon should be getting over in about five minutes, five minutes. You know, then there's also the other problem where, like, if oh, admittedly, I'll be honest, you know, the first church I ever attended back when I lived in Ohio, the pastors were very unpredictable in um, how long they'd preach. And in that case, you know, the un- I'm not going to lie, like, the problem is that most of them were boring as all hell. Like, especially there was this one guy who's so notorious for going so long. I remember his, one of his sermons literally went over an hour. Oh, God. Ooh. Ooh. Everybody was about ready to strangle that dude after. Oh, my gosh. It was funny. But, um, okay, no, actually, like, okay, it was funny watching everybody, you know, tr- attempt to be cordial to him. Um, it was not funny actually going through that sermon, especially because he was probably the most boring preacher at the entire church. So yes, there's also the problem, you know, that unpredictability can be bad, you know, like not having like necessarily a set time can be bad if you're boring as snot. Because believe me, I know what that's like. The very first church I spent, what, the first 14 years of my life in, pretty much every preacher there was fucking boring and you just wanted this like oh my gosh you were just praying to god for the sermon to be over okay like i remember like at the very end before my family left you know moved to indiana smartphones were just starting to become the thing you know like this was like when angry birds was like the fucking rage yeah remember that remember back when angry birds was a thing yeah, I bet, like, half of you forgot that that thing even existed. But, like, I remember during that time, and there were times, oh my gosh, I just, like, saw so many people just play Angry Birds the whole way through it. Like, it was so bad. It was so bad. And I am talking about fully grown adults. I'm not talking, like, just, you know, 14 hours. No, I'm talking, like, I saw people who were in their fucking 40s and 50s, like... Playing Angry Birds. Okay, like, no. That's how boring these pastors were who preached every damn Sunday. So, yes, that's also a problem, you know. Not gonna lie, you know, but I don't know. Like, if we could have, like, a decently interesting pastor, you know. Once again, I'm not saying, like, preach for, like, two hours, you know. I'm not even saying necessarily even as a preach for an hour, you know. But, like, I don't know. I just hate how tightly timed everything is. Like, I just find myself watching the clock instead of, you know, focusing on God and everything. Like, I'd I'd rather than focus on, you know, creating an atmosphere of worship and, you know, learning rather than, all right, everybody, you know, you're coming at this time and we'll leave five in so you can get on with your day. You know, and we'll see you next week, you know, get out of here, you scamps, you know, like, I I just hate that. I, I, I really do hate that, you know. Just one of the many reasons why we, it's questionable if I'll ever go to church again. But, you know, I, it's its honestly something that I absolutely despise about 
um, churches and how they work. And it, especially liturgical churches, like, and that's uh, the only thing I hate more than that is like the liturgical churches. I do not like the really form like, all right, you know, we got all these, you know, very specific prayers we got to pray, you know, these creeds, you know, um, I got to stand right, you know, stand, sit, stand, sit, stand, sit, you know, got to do this incense, you know, we got this sacrament to do, you know, like, uh, uh, like Catholicism, you know, Roman Catholic services, you know, Orthodox, um, trying to think, what are some other like really liturgical, is it Presbyterian kind of liturgical? I could be mistaken. But, you know, I think Lutherans are... I don't know. I've never been to Presbyterian or Lutheran. I'm just going off of the kind of things I've heard. Um, I have been to like Roman Catholic and all that stuff, you know. Oh gosh, never again. Never again. If I could go my the rest of my life without ever going to another Roman Catholic service, I could be quite happy. I I, I could I, I I could be happy. Oh God, that was horrible. That was, I hated I hated every damn second of that. Oh gosh. Yeah, it, it literally that thing that by itself was enough to make me never ever consider Roman Catholicism. To, like, yeah, I hated it. I absolutely despised it. Um, but yeah, you know, I I can't stand more liturgical churches. You know, I I I I I've, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I understand how some people can find beauty in it, you know, and it brings them closer to God. You know, I want to make that clear. Like, I'm not just crapping on it because it's liturgical and it's different. Like. I genuinely understand how, for some people, this brings them closer to God. Like, for them, this is a deeper experience than, you know, just some generic-ass Baptist service. Like, I, I, I totally understand. I want to make that clear. It is just straight up not for me. If anything, it completely negates from God. Like, I just cannot pay any attention to God with that. The entire time, I just think, like, oh, dear God. Get me the fuck out of here. I hate this. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. Standing in the city and again. Stand, sit. Stand, sit. Stand, sit. Stand, sit. Oh, like, I swear in that service that it was literally almost like at points. Or it was literally like every fucking few seconds. They would change which one you had to do. I remember it was like, stand. Sit. Stand. Sit. Like, it was so bad. So damn bad. So damn. I, I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It really just took away from any, um, you know, um, I don't know, anything from actually paying attention to God. Um... <sighs> I guess, you know, when I think about it, like, the only, like, small group type setting was kind of what always kind of appealed to me more. Like, most of the small groups I ever I went to, you know, they never really had a set ending time, you know. Like, they just kind of kept going until, you know, they kind of talked about everything they wanted to, you know. And then there was great fellowship at the end, you know, like... I, I guess I just prefer a smaller, more intimate setting, you know? But, like, like seriously, like, the, you know, like, small groups, like, just about every small group. Like, there's been a few exceptions, but 
there's no set end time. It can really kind of go as long as it wants. Like, I have had small group, like, lessons go on for several hours. But everyone is getting involved in it, you know? Everyone is learning from each other, you know? Everyone is sharing their experiences, what they, how they interpret that, you know? And, like, I've had ones that went on, you know, for, like, two hours or whatever, you know? And they were great. Like, I grew. I learned a lot. I grew closer to my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know? And we stuck around for, like, five hours after that, you know? Like, it was great. Like, I remember going to small group at, like, 5 p.m. at night, you know? And we wouldn't leave until literally almost 2 a.m. in the morning. It was amazing. I loved it. I mean, those are some of the best moments in a, you know, church type thing ever with small group, you know, especially this one that we did, you know, at the church. It was called the Holland Small Group because just about everyone who lived there lived in the Holland suburb, you know, the village of, you know, the way, I guess the area we called Holland, which was a suburb of Toledo, Ohio. And, you know, and my family, we lived in Holland, you know, we lived in along a few others and we just did a big small group, you know, and it was amazing. Just truly, like, I don't think I've ever grown more in any church kind of setting than that. And I guess, honestly, it just kind of ruined in many ways, just a traditional church setting. I just can't do it. Like, I, I really don't in. First of all, I just, just straight up don't enjoy it. But even then, like, I just find myself not really paying attention because, like, there's no interactivity. I am a kind of an interactive person, you know? Like, I want to hear from a wide range of people. Like, I don't, uh, yeah, you know? Um, and I just don't like the sitting, the, the time constraint, you know? Like, I like just kind of sitting till God knows when, you know? Everyone is learning from each other, you know? It's, I guess that's kind of... I kind of prefer how I've always grown. Like, I just never honestly gotten anything out of a traditional search setting. I just never really have, you know. I never really had really great fellowship moments, really, out of a traditional church setting, you know. I mean, there was a few sermons that really impacted me, but most of it... Hmm. Never found, you know, church, you know, the worship's air time to really be, you know, all that worshipful for the most part. Aside of a few, you know, there's a few. But yeah, you know, it, 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 like if I could find, get into a setting like that, you know. Yeah, that, that, like that's what I'm kind of, I guess that's what, you know, like. If I could find a church like that or something, you know what? I would go back to church. As it is, you know, if one that's also, you know, progressive, you know, it also has to be very, very progressive. <laughs> because I'm not going to another fucking transphobic um, church thing, you know? But, like, that's kind of, like, the problem. Like, you know, like, we got, I think, we got a few LGBT-affirming churches, but for all liturgical, which is something I just can't do, you know? And, you know, but, like, I also don't want to go to, it like, a uh, more traditional. I think there might be a few more traditional ones that, you know, they're not necessarily affirming, but, you know, they, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, will allow it, you know, kind of churches, you know. Um, so, like, I just don't really have, you know. I, I, I just don't care enough, you know. Like, I'm just not going back to church. 
in a more in a traditional church setting. Like it's just not happening. Literally, the only way I'd ever go back to it, like a church setting, is if I could find something kind of like that experience. Like I just can't. I'm just not going back to the same damn old formulaic. All right. Watch the damn clock, you know. Oh, all right, sermon should be over seven minutes. You know, I, I just can't go back to that. I really can't. It, it honestly, I can honestly say with every fiber of my being, that was a waste of my time. Every Sunday was just a complete waste of my time for the most part, you know. As I have a few here and there. Never really grew in those church settings. In fact, for anything, I was damaged. Never really, I don't know, fit in with a church body at all. Like, I just don't really have any interest. And that's the other thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, so I have the fellowship of other believers. Yeah, but I can just be honest. The fellowship of other believers in these church settings never did anything for me. They just never did. I, you know, I never fit in mainly because of being trans, you know, and all that stuff. It's like, it just doesn't. Plus, you know, just it, it, there are other issues, you know, um, mainly because, like, I've always just seen the corruption, you know. I've always seen, like, the back, the back fight, the backstabbing and fighting, you know, side of it, you know, um, of church, you know. It, it's something I've seen since I was a small child, and I just, I can't, I can't stand it. I can't. My, my days in a traditional church setting are honestly completely over, like, if I, if I never, if, if I never find a, you know, like, yeah, there's honestly a good chance I never step through another church door again. I just have no interest in it and no desire to. I, and honestly, I just don't see a reason to, like, like, seriously, like, why do I have to be a meeting with others to grow spiritually? Like, I've grown quite a bit lately, you know, these last few months, you know, since I, after I ended up homeless, you know, since, like, since I have not been in church in August, than I ever did at any point in church. Like, and just being honest, I never grew, like, what, since, since I ran away in September, you know, I haven't been in church since then. I've grown a lot more than I ever have been going to church. Like, just saying. You know, I, I honestly don't see a point of going to church. But, you know, like, I understand that some people really enjoy, you know, facing the benefit. I don't understand how anyone benefits from it. I really don't. Almost certainly I never will. But, hey, you know, that's you. If you enjoy it, you love it, cool. Good for you. You know, I, I honestly envy those who go on Facebook and talk about, like, just how much they adore their church. You know, they love it, you know. Going to church on Sunday mornings reinvigorates him in in a way that nothing else could. Like I envy those people. For me, ever like I can honestly say my entire life, church has been nothing but a colossal waste of my time. At best. So yeah, you know, I just kinda wanted to kinda go off on that for a bit, you know. For what reason, God only knows. But it's just me, you know. Um Anywho, um, yeah, let's uh, jump into our good news story to end off this episode. So this is from Good News Network. Software exec becomes garbage guy walking 12 miles every day in D.C. to pick up trash during pandemic. Billy Adams has found a lockdown ritual that not only benefits his health, but the mental health and beauty surrounding others in his beloved Washington, D.C., 
Since June, the software executive has been selecting a different 12-mile route every day, picking up just about any piece of garbage on it, rain, snow, or sleet. He even gets an empty bag from Starbucks at the halfway mark near Canal Road in Georgetown to continue his cleanup, depositing full bags of litter in public trash cans. He sets off from his Maryland home just over the D.C. line at 8.30 a.m. and uses his hands to pick up the trash for three hours. Adams told the Washington Post that the habit has been immensely satisfying. When you see it beforehand, then you walk by it after and it's all clean, that's a good feeling. Employees at the M Street Starbucks called the 54-year-old garbage guy, quote-unquote, and they often have a bag ready for him when he stops in to buy a coffee, always leaving a generous tip. Store manager Ahmed Okter, I have no idea how to pronounce that, told the Post that because of Billy, he has also become inspired to be more conscious of litter. Billy's sister Carolyn Miller has gone on to walks her husband and it says had a... Wait, what? Okay, I okay. I think what they said meant to say was Billy's sister Carolyn Miller has gone on to walks with her husband, and uh, and says it has had a contagious impact on her too. Billy is just someone who likes to do the right thing. She told the Post. If he sees trash on the ground, he just can't walk past it. Carolyn, who is named a GNN Good News Ambassador in 2012, grew up with her brother in Bethesda, Maryland, adjacent to D.C. and have deep roots here. It is especially important to our family because our great-great-great-grandfather was Jacob Carr, who owned the most popular watch store, within walking distance from the White House, she told GNN. Abraham Lincoln and all of the U.S. presidents from then until he retired in the 19, early 1900s were friendly with him, and he attended to, wa- to overwatches. Since D.C. is in his blood, I think it's even more important to my brother that he lend a hand to beautifying the city. Although it is a one-man mission, Billy is thinking about organizing a weekend cleanup for Earth Day in April so he can try to get others hooked on doing good and feeling good at the same time. Wow. That's beautiful, and honestly, Nikolai kind of inspired me a bit to, you know, maybe take care of, you know, place it, you know, kind of pick up or, you know, clean up glass and stuff like that, you know, just saying, at least for me personally. But yeah, that, that, that is a beautiful story. So, thanks, Good News Network. Um, and yeah. That's everything for this episode, you know. Um, if you would, you know, review this episode podcast, you know, share, like, subscribe, comment, you know. Send me an email at the email that is in the description box below. Send me a voice message, you know. There will be a link to the thing where you can send me a voice message in the description. Um, support my content on Patreon, Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. Links are in the description. And, yeah, have a wonderful every day. One, blah, blah, blah. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Peace.